Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch Podcast. My name is Joe, and with me is... Data. And Dak. No Jamie this week, Unforeseen Circumstances. She'll be back next week. Yes, everybody now can turn off the podcast because you're not getting Jamie, <laughs> and you don't want to listen to three dudes talk about this book. Sorry. Anyway, we're talking about The Alloy of Law, chapters four and five this week. Wherein Wax goes to a party with his bride-to-be, and her cousin and her dad show up and kind of cramp their style. Not really. And so then they all sit down and have a lovely conversation, and where Wax talks about shooting the dog in the tail when he was trying to shoot him in the balls. And <laughs> then his, wi- his wife-to-be gets really uncomfortable and leaves. And then uh, Wayne's also there, disguised as a waiter. Who'd have thunk? And then some bandits show up and try to kidnap both his bride-to-be and her cousin, and uh, Wax has finally had enough after the death of a constable, and so we're, uh, that's where we actually ended, which kind of sucked. But uh, anyway, hold on to something, everyone. The Sander Lancer is about to begin. The streets spin shimmers and the walls they curl. The grip of greed, it rains. There's just one track to lead this moving train. Is a dying world. The price of trust is pain after the wrath of bitter shame. Look up into the night, pillars of risen, they fall in their light. Forward we run, splinter the steel, weaken the wheel. So yeah, we got uh, a couple uh, a couple interesting, really talky for the most part chapters, but we got to know a lot more about Marisai at the very least. I know you guys were uh, kind of suspicious of her last time, so did that change at all? What do you, what did you guys think of these two chapters that we read? Yeah, these chapters were good overall. Um, the party it's it was very almost reminiscent of Ben attending a ball. It's like he kind of feels like completely out of place here. And he kind of has to act and stuff like that. So that was kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, when when we got into the actual them sitting at the table together and and finally to see that her dad's like not really that st- that stuffy or stiff, it's just because his daughter is that way. That that, that was kind of a relief almost because it's like at least not everybody in the family is like this. It's really just his daughter, and he just kind of has to go along with her or whatever she's she's doing. So yeah, that was fun. The Marise stuff, like, I don't know. It, it seems like we got a good explanation here, but I'm still unsure. I feel uh, I feel like she may still be hiding something, but maybe not. But uh, that's just the sense that I get. Wayne showing up as a waiter, pretty pretty funny. And yeah, I didn't really think about it before now, but them mentioning that they have ferrochemical powers, so obviously terrorist people have are in their bloodline. Like, I just mm-hmm. didn't think about that at all. So, but that makes, I mean, that 100% makes sense. So... And and then the whole explanation of, like, all of these people are tied to the bloodline of Spook. Very interesting. Got to be something more to that. So all these people are Lestiborn descendants, I guess. So Does that make you hate them? No. I don't <laughs> hate them. They, they're they not speaking in undecipherable communication. And, <laughs> and they're not, well, you know, making people feel uncomfortable by telling them they know why they, they're sad <laughs> and stuff, you know? 
So that I don't hate them. That's fine. They didn't have anything to do with that guy. And then, um, and then, yeah, the bandits showing up was really cool. The Colossus uh, half-breed thing is weird and also still confusing to me. I don't understand why the Colossus weren't changed, but whatever. And so that was gross and weird at the same time. And then, yeah, the the them finally getting up, Wax finally deciding he's going to fight back. I'm excited to see what happens next. It's funny. I, I was just, I was going to say, it's like, well, you know, you don't hate them for being descended from Spook, but apparently... Steris is one of the people they grab, so I guess she's descended from Spook, and we're not loving Steris so far, so... Well, she's just one lady, and Spook can't be held accountable for that. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's really for, like, unrelated reasons. Like, she doesn't have a spookish personality, so... Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. At least not yet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah well... We don't know her that well. <laughs> yeah, no, like, these uh, like these chapters were good. You know, I, 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 I agree... Most with with most of what Joe said, really, it's like the ball is just like a oh yeah, very reminiscent of Vin and Ellen attending these to the point, not quite to the point where I'm just like oh, we've seen all this before, but it wasn't far off, I guess. I don't know the com- the conversation at the table was fun enough that we were able to just sort of bypass it. 100% agree. The fact that Lord Harms is not as stuffy as his daughter was a massive relief, and and it made me like both characters more because they weren't just like that stereotypical family of prudes. I was like, no, no, she's just she's just weird, and her dad is just a bloke. So that was that was cool. Yeah, I st- and I, I don't know about Marisai either. I still feel like she's got something up her sleeve. I don't know. This could just be me reaching, but I feel like oh, she gets kidnapped like when she's hanging out with Wax, and she's already trying to find out more about Wax. So this again could be a way to sort of draw him in. Mm. But uh, yeah, I don't know. And the the col the Colos half half flood is like. Oh, I do. I don't want to think about the mechanics of that. Like who? Like, yeah. When the Colossus genderless? So no, okay. they weren't genderless. I don't think. I don't know that it ever mentioned Colossus genders, although they were like. I, okay, I, actually, I think what I think it did. I, I think if I remember right, he said he never saw any females, or at least not obviously. Like when Sazed was first encountering them, and they all just wear a loincloth. Right. Uh, like yeah, they they bolt the skin over five dead people or something. But uh, I will I, I I will say there is a bit in the annotations that addresses this because he says I've mentioned before in interviews that Sazed transformed the Coloss during his ascension. Part of what he did was restoring their sentience to more human levels, and he changed the way they interact with hemallergy. And that's all I'm gonna say for now. That's dumb. That's like him being like, yeah, I wanted to have like Coloss half breeds, so I just left them the way they were. It's like. Sazed as a person of harmony would totally have like made them human again, but whatever. Or at least just ended like the whole concept of. Coloss. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like, why would you take that away from them, or why would you leave them in that state when they wanted to be human? Yeah, whether 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 he either turns them back to human or he just like does does the oh, harsh thing and just culls them all. It's like, I, yeah, I can't see him leaving them as is. Like their their existence is pain for God's sake. Mm. Yeah, no, that's okay. That's weird. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. So it's definitely there's some. I I I like your your continued suspicions. It's like oh she's that Marissa. There's still something there. She's up to something. Damn it. Oh, I mean, she's getting kidnapped. So if she was supposed to be like maneuvering wax somewhere, it's like well that's not gonna help unless well, she's she... not actually working with these guys. I guess that could be. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe she's just like really like banking on the. 
the hope that uh, if I if I to his eyes that if a, a shy defenseless young woman gets kidnapped, maybe it'll draw him out of his funk and make him do what he's about to do. Right. Uh, like yeah, she could just be playing him like really hardcore, but I I, I don't know. We we will see. I'm sure. Like there's only there's not much of this book. I mean, they did also grab Steris, so if you're trying to go and make Wax do something, grabbing his fiance is probably the way to start. Yeah, but it seems like they're really playing up the fact that he gets along with Marisai way more than he does with Steris. Yeah, but there was no way for anyone to know that before. Like they they only they exchanged like two words the first time they met. But yeah, that, and to again, that, point, that could that could be the con. Mm. Yeah, but to that point, I will say that like. You know, he does say nice things about Steris in this chapter. So I feel like that's kind of maybe Brandon's way of saying, like, he he actually does care for Steris. Like, it's not just uh, a marriage of convenience for him. He does care for her. He thinks he's, she's a good woman. Oh, yeah. And I don't think she's a bad woman. She's no, yeah, just, we haven't seen anything. Doesn't mean so she's bad. She's just like, odd. In, in, in fact, like I said, like, I've now, now there's a bit more personality to her dad. It's like I kind of appreciate her just being odd a bit more because it is just that's uh, her personality quirk and so now i'm just enjoying her just you know pulling out the tape measure and just going your fingers are wrapped around my arm too tightly Un- <laughs> unclench them by three quarters of an inch well and we find out that apparently her mom was very similar so <laughs> yeah what that tells me is like she liked to have dalliances as well <laughs> <laughs> oh it my sounds God, like daris born from a coachman oh gosh <sighs> no way that means she wouldn't actually be in the spook line, maybe. Ooh. Yeah, but I guess people would have to be aware of that to... I guess. Oh, okay. So the people wouldn't be aware of that, so they would still try right. to grab her. Yeah, yeah. That makes exactly. Sense. Because they think she's in spook's line, but she's actually not. Mm. Okay, I guess let's get into these chapters, peoples. Well, let's do this thing. We get another... Like, last time we were questioning, it's like, does, does preservation have wings? And then we start out this chapter with another... He's like, Harmony's forearms! All right. So do they think he's an angel? I mean, Harmony's forearms makes sense because it's like the the hero of ages would put would have would bear it on his forearms or whatever on his arms. Like that actually makes sense to me. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. like that that makes that makes perfect sense, but yeah, if he's got wings and forearms, it's like okay, he's an angel, all right. Well, well, Harmony has forearms well, and preservation had wings apparently. So who knows? Right. Also oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. I was getting my gods mixed up. Also, it's confusing to me that, like, they even uh, know the name Preservation, unless, like, in the histories of Harmony, it talks about how Preservation and Ruin were two things, and Harmony became, like, it made it made them one. <laughs> well, yeah, I was, I mean, I was, men- I mentioned last time that it's, like, all of the, the epigraphs that we read in book three, they turn out to be, like, a book at the end that he has left for them. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah, and, and, and so, they, they reference that book several yeah. times. So I guess and, that is like the church is the yeah. Church of Harmony. That's probably their like official script, right? And it, there's definitely a lot of talk about ruin and preservation in that uh, in the epigraphs of that book because that's where we got a lot of information about what was yeah. even going on with them. Yeah, exactly. The way you described it made made me think like, do, do people see ruin and preservation as like a like a, a couple who broke up and then Harmony was their son? <laughs> Uh, Harmony, the son, of, the son of gods. Now, now I'm thinking of like they they, they broke up and they had a, an agreement to share custody of Harmony, and <laughs> he had to spend half the time at his dad's house, and his dad was a jerk. Yeah, I don't want to go see Ruin this weekend, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> 
I guess they were both guys. Say so that. it's like, Dad, yeah. I don't want to go to other dad's house this weekend. <laughs> that guy's a jerk. He's like, don't say that. Your other dad loves you just in his own way. <laughs> <laughs> in his own way? He wants to kill me. All right, now I know, now I want to see the preservation ruined soap opera sharing custody of a kid. <laughs> what have um, I done? On a, as a lifetime movie. But yes, yeah, so uh, they've showed up at this wedding and it is enormous. And he's just like, this is a modest wedding dinner. There's more people here than live in entire towns in the roughs. And there's paragraphs about how nicely everyone's dressed, all their jewels and the necklines and so on and so forth. Like, he's like, either necklines have gotten a lot lower than when I was a kid, or I just didn't notice as a kid how low the necklines were. And uh, Steris says that, yeah, you know, this is a special wedding between two very well-connected houses. Wouldn't want to leave anyone out except for the people who are left out on purpose. And then there's an interesting discussion about, like, what it says by who you invite and who you don't invite to this these weddings. The Yeomans are a powerful house, even if they do believe in sliverism. Oh, I'm God, at... are they still on that Lord Ruler kick? Right? Uh, sliverism? <laughs> Wait, is this the one where he says old Iron Eyes? Yeah, it, that, that's imagine the one. revering Iron Eyes himself. Yeah. So that, to me, sounds more like, um, what you call it? Uh, Marsh? Like Marsh, yeah, but maybe not. Well, because well, that mean, was his nickname, wasn't it? Yeah, his nickname was Iron Eyes, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, you could you could revere the inquisitors if you were worshiping the lord ruler because they were important part of the religion well it wouldn't yeah be but it, saying old iron eyes himself makes it sound like that is the god yeah. well i mean there is that but then you think about i think it was the start of well of ascension when says was out in that village and the, everyone's like oh the lord ruler's back lord rules back and marsh is yeah. just standing outside town going yo so <laughs> it could it could be the fact that people conflate like people think of the Lord Ruler as an Inquisitor, so maybe I don't well, know. Yeah, the, the 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 thing that really tells you what sliverism is probably about is that the Lord Ruler was known as the Sliver of Infinity. Yeah, so it really seems like that must be related to him in some way. Yeah, I th- I think it's like they've conflated Marsh with the Lord Ruler, and so they they think they're one and the same, and I don't know how they've pulled the name Iron Eyes, maybe Marsh has told someone, because I will ride this train until I die, that he's still <laughs> that he's still around somewhere, so... Well, maybe I mean, in the Yeoman's basement. I mean, if you don't know what kind of metal is sticking out of an Inquisitor's eyes, you might just say they're Iron Eyes, and then somebody who knew Marsh at one time might have been like, oh yeah, we used to call him Iron Eyes. I knew, I knew a dude like that Ironically, he wound up with spikes in his eyes. Oh, that's funny. We should just adopt that for our religion. Maybe they worship the Lord Ruler and just like Marsh is also in the thing somewhere. It's like, yeah, death. Because remember, he's apparently death in this or Iron Eyes is death is what we learned in a previous one. And Dak is insistent that it is Marsh. But anyway, yeah. so maybe Marsh they, Reaper. Yeah, they like the, the Grim Reaper is like an important part of their religion or something. But anyway, so it's like, so yeah, no one's going to ignore uh, an invitation this party. So the people who are slighted by not being invited will not only be able, not only are they not coming, but they won't be able to have their own party because everyone they might want to invite is going to be here. Yeah, your party is bad and you should feel bad. <laughs> and Wax is like, uh, in my experience, that sort of thing leads to a high probability of people getting shot. <laughs> and she's like, this isn't the roughs. We don't do that sort of thing here. Sure, I don't. 
like even even in this, like she, you know, she it says everything she's done is calculated. You know, she's waving with calculated fondness. Earlier, it said like her dress was calculated to be in fashion, but not daring and everything. It's like, my God, this woman just sounds. How is she not exhausted? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I agree. I mean, you know, good on her for sticking to it, but man, I don't have that kind of mental fortitude. No way, not me. I could yeah. do it. I even skipped over the part where she gave him a lecture on exactly how to hold her arm <laughs> to communicate just the message that they want to communicate. <laughs> and he's like, it, and, it, and it did work. It was interesting. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just fascinated because like, it's not done out of malice or anything. It is just how she thinks. I'm like, all right, you do you, lady. Yeah. And then she she points out, it's like, hey, you see that guy, the stocky man with the longer hair? Whose name is Lord Schurman. Yeah, I don't know how to say that. Uh, apparently, he's an infamously dreadful party guest, a complete bore when not drunk, and a complete buffoon when he is drunk, which is most of the time. <laughs> Least likable person in all of upper society. Most people here would rather spend an hour amputating one of their toes than spend a few moments chatting with him. Uh, and he's been invited so that the people who are not invited will feel even worse that they'd rather invite <laughs> this guy than invite them. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's like, how would you feel if you were invited? And they uh, they invite the worst guy in town, the town idiot, and they're like, yeah, you're definitely not coming. And so, and Wax makes another comment about, uh, oh, you did that out in the roughs, and she's like, yeah, okay, just so you know, I'm ignoring your whole ignorant frontiersman act at this point. You're just <laughs> trying to get a reaction, and I'm not going to give you one. Way to rain on his parade. <laughs> they have to meet and greet and talk to people. Uh, it, it notes that it's like he's been working hard these last few months, and he's even met some people that he doesn't mind so much. He's like, I'm kind of fond of some of these people, but I'm not super comfortable with what's going on with Steris right now. Like, because they're making their first appearance together, but everybody knows that he's looking for a wife, and it has to be a rich wife because his house is going under. So everyone kind of knows what's going on here, and it's <laughs> weird to him to have to pretend that it's like, yeah, there's I met this lady, and we're in this romantic <laughs> thing when everyone knows what's actually happening. Everyone just calling yeah. him a gold digger. And so the bride and groom show up, and finally the attention's all going to them. And Stare, fortunately, Steris does not try to drag them over right away. Although he does wonder why they're speaking with a scruffy man who looks like a beggar dressed all in black. Like, he makes note of what the room looks like. There's two balconies either, either end and starts thinking about how hard it would be to fight in here if he got into a gun battle suddenly. <laughs> But he also thinks that he's glad that they had to sell the Ladrian Ballroom a few years back, because otherwise people expect him to have giant parties like this. Hey, man, I, I get it. I hate being a host. It's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine actually, cleaning up this place after. Yeah, exactly. I actually like... I, I take that back. I actually like hosting people, but I get kind of... Um, I, I can't, like... I don't enjoy myself when I do that. Like, I'm enjoying serving everyone and making sure they're having a good time, but I don't actually have, like... Is it, I don't know how to describe it. It's a weird feeling. It's like, I like that they're having a good time, but I'm not actually having a good time. Mm -hmm. It's it's the responsibility. Yeah, that's probably it. If you're in charge of making sure everyone else has a good time, then you're too uh, hung up too, on it's Yeah, I'm too relaxed. tied up to be like, oh, you guys feel good? Does food taste good? Do you guys need anything? Is the air too hot? Is it too cold? Are you guys uh, you guys bored? you want to do something else? Like, what's uh, What's going on? It's all that. But we find out that Marisai is here again, and he's like, what is her deal, Steris? 
Sarah says that she's from the outer states and wanted to attend the university. So her father took pity on her and because her own parents don't have enough money. So she's staying with them while she's studying at the university. And Wax says or, or thinks a valid explanation. But did it roll off Steris' mouth a little too quickly? Was it too practiced? Hmm. So maybe that's part of the source of you guys being like, there's still something weird about this chick. I mean, it definitely contributed. Yeah. They sit down at the table and Steris and her dad start talking about what's going on. And Wax is not really paying attention. He's looking around. Think This is where he's thinking about, man, there's a hard room to defend. You need snipers up on the balconies, but you got to have on both balconies in case somebody can't get underneath the ones over there. And then finally, he's, he's like, OK, I'm going to get into a conversation. Marisai, so you're going to the university, huh? And she says, I'm in my final year and that's it. He's like, OK, so how are your studies? And she just says, well, <laughs> yeah, it's a sparkling conversation. We're <laughs> right. Good talk. And that's when the waiter shows up to tell them about the soup. A faint terrace accent. <laughs> but the voice makes wax freeze. Today's soup is a delightful prawn bisque with a hint of pepper. Which sounds fantastic, man. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't like bisque a whole lot, though. So. Uh, I, I do. Lobster bisque, prawn bisque. It's really the only way I'll eat lobster because I'm not a big lobster guy. Really? Yeah. The only seafood I really will eat... Um, is I'll eat salmon, I'll eat catfish, I'll eat shrimp if they're fried. That's pretty much it. Okay. Oh, fair enough, H. Theron. I love seafood. I can't get enough of it. I wish I'd liked it more. Like we went to we went to Ireland one time and we went to this really small town that was famous for their oysters and like they like the restaurant, you know, catches the oysters that oh. day or the day before and then serves them. Oh, and I tr- and I tried to heaven. hit them, and I just could I couldn't do it. Like I, yeah. it would not go down my throat. I was like, oh, I can't do this. And I just yeah, I don't like really oysters bad. either. Yeah, oysters oysters do seem to be an acquired taste. But even even deep fried, I'm not a big fan of oysters. And deep frying usually uh, will make about mm-hmm. anything uh, decent. Deep deep fried oysters, you say? Yeah, I've had I've I've seen that a few places, and I tried it once or twice, and I was like, yeah. interesting. Jack, <laughs> I don't know if you know this about Texas, but if we could deep fry something, we will. <laughs> oh, I'm well aware of that. Uh, good times. Yeah. Now, now, now we're talking about seafood. I want some calamari or something. Mm, that does sound good. I could really go for some like seafood chowder. Mm. Man, every time we go to New Zealand, we get the best seafood chowder. It is. That's it's good amazing. chowder. Yep. Chowder, chowder. And so, but Wax figures out that that is Wayne, though he's wearing a false nose and a wig, and he he groans and. Wayne's like, oh, does my lord not like prawns? And Lord Harms is like, oh no, the bisque is good. I've had it at one of their parties before. And Wax <laughs> is like, no, I've just I've just remembered something I forgot to do. And then thinks it involves strangling someone. <laughs> so the next I, the next bit I find interesting is that uh, I mean it does mention it's like of course Wayne was part terrorist as was Wax because they have these abilities, but apparently that's rare. Nearly a fifth of the originators had been Terrace, which makes sense because we know the entire Terrace nation was basically all everyone that was left was at the pits of Hathson, right? So it wasn't hard for them to probably get underground and survive. So there were a lot of Terrace left, but apparently they don't marry outside of the group very often. So that's interesting. 
Marisai's like, does, does that server look familiar to anyone else? And Lord Arms is like, oh, I must have served us last time. And she's like, but I wasn't with you last time. And Wax has to jump in and be like, so, Lord Harms, let me change the subject. I wonder if the terrorists don't marry, at least at first, weren't marrying a lot outside because they were afraid of, like, another Lord Ruler. Yeah, maybe. Except for that, that one would certainly who... be something I was concerned about. Except for that one who shacked up with um, Daemu. Right. Mm, that's true, yeah. And uh, but Marisai kind of perks up and asks when Lord Harms or Steris actually, I guess, mentions no, it's Harms. He mentions the roughs. He's like robbers should confine their that behavior to the roughs. Which yeah, okay, <laughs> thanks. Cool. And Marisai is like, so Lord Ladrian, what was it like living out there where there was no law? Which earns her a glare from Lord Harms. So we're not supposed to talk about uh, Bruno. <laughs> He's just like there was law. I am the law. I am the law. Yeah. I am the law. And Wax, Wax's explanation is kind of interesting because he's like, yeah, it was when I first got out there, it was like it was weird. Everyone just assumed that, you know, if they were strong or <laughs> had power, then they could take what they want. And it would actually surprise people when someone stood up to them. Huh. That sounds like a certain country that's invaded another country. Uh, hmm. Oh, goodness. And uh, she's like, oh, you were so brave. And he's like, eh, not really. I just kind of fell into stuff. And she was even stopping the surefires. And he goes, oh, well, that was a special case. I, Wait, how do you know about that? She says, you know, reports trickle in. Most of them get written up by somebody. You can find them at the university or the right bookshop. So he's like, oh, he's a little bit uncomfortable now. Like, people are reading about some stuff I did. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. And as he drinks something from his cup of wine, he feels something in his mouth. And he's like, damn it, Wayne. And he has to, like, sp- oh, he almost spits out the entire mouthful, but he has to, like, make up a reason to, like, cover his hand with his mouth and uh, cough to get out this thing that's, uh, he's almost swallowed. And, uh, Starris like, I'm sure the constables will take out these criminals. And Marissa's like, I don't know. And Lord Harms tries to get her to stop. And Wax is like, come on, just for conversation, let her talk. And so she starts rattling off these kind of statistics or, or numbers, really. It's like, so how many people lived out in the roughs where you were a lawkeeper? And uh, he's like, well, the city started growing in the last few years, but for most of the time, like about 1,500 in the city and maybe another 1,500 in the surrounding area. And she's like, okay, so how many of you were out there maintaining the law or whatever? And he's like, you know, five or six. So she's like, okay, let's say six per 3,000, one lawman per 500 people. That gives us a good, easy division there. The population of our octant is 600,000. So by the same ratio, we should have 1,200 constables, but we don't. We have more like 600. So your savage wildlands actually had double the number of lawmen per person as we have here in the city. And he's just like, that's some really oddly specific information for this young woman to have. And they're talking about crime, different crimes, different crime rates. And she's like, yeah, there's, you know, crimes here are smaller. Instead of a bank getting robbed, you get several people being robbed walking home at night. But also, like, this is where all the wealth or most of the wealth in the world is concentrated right here in Ellendale. So people who want to steal wealth go where there's wealth. And I, like, finally, Lord Harms is like, you see, this is why I tried to stop her. You, she's going to get going. And Wax is like, uh, no, this is the most interesting thing anyone said since I've come back to Ellendale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the most interesting thing I've heard, including the time my wife to be told me that I could have sex with other women. <laughs> <laughs> this is much more interesting than that. When Wayne brings the soup and everyone kind of turns and pays attention to that, 
he pulls out what was in his mouth, which was a shell casing with a piece of wax on the end. And he pops it open and finds a piece of paper that just says, you were right. And he goes, I usually am. He mumbles to himself. Or to Wayne, I, I guess, I like, as Wayne is putting his suit down. Sorry I feel like that. he could have easily, as the waiter, just been like, you were right. Right? Like, that's a really long way to go to get, like, three <laughs> words to him. Also, yeah. All right, you're trying to be clever and slip the note in the drink. You would have, your face would have been real red if wax had choked on that. Yep. Somebody has and to so, heimlich so him waxes. and it just flies out of his mouth. <laughs> so would waxes. That's good. Uh, so he whispers to him, he's like, what are you up to, Wayne? And Wayne's like, 170, thank you. I've been lifting weights and eating steak. <laughs> That's a good joke. Uh, and this is where uh, we start getting into the inappropriate conversation because Steris is like, oh, so Lord Ladrian, I suggest we begin compiling a list of conversational topics we can employ in the company of others. They should not talk, touch on politics or religion, but should be memorable and give us the opportunity to appear charming. Do you know any particularly witty sayings or stories we can that can be our starting <laughs> point? So, like, wow, okay. And he's like, well, I once shot a, the tail off a dog by mistake. That's kind of a funny story. <laughs> She's like, that is not appropriate dinner conversation. He goes, I know, especially since I was aiming for the balls. <laughs> and uh, Steris, Steris is upset, but her father seems amused. And she, he's like, what, you said I couldn't shock you any longer? I'm merely testing your hypothesis, my dear. <laughs> and then Lord Harms makes a comment that's also inappropriate about hitting a guy in the face with a brick so he can make a joke also. And Steris is outraged by this as well. And his response is like, what? It's a perfectly legitimate simile. That's great. Uh, that, that would be my response. It's like, what? Yeah. That was like uh, that was like when I was in high school and I wanted to write an essay on testicular cancer. And my teacher thought I was just being an asshole who wanted to write a testicle a bunch in a paper. <laughs> she wasn't wrong. But yeah, I was about to say, you know she was right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't wrong. But at the same time, I mean, I did I did write the paper. That's a cancer that people have. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a real thing. It's not like he's like, can I write a paper on ball cancer? And uh, so Steris is like, no more talking of hitting people with bricks or shootings, regardless of the target. And Marisol is like, okay, Lord Ladrian, I heard that you once threw a man's own knife at him and hit him right in the eye. Is that a true story? He's like, actually, it was Wayne's knife, and the eye was also an accident. I was aiming for the balls that time, too. <laughs> And Steris goes, Lord Ladrian. She says she's nearly livid. And he's like, I know. That's really off target, but I'm bad with her own nose. <laughs> uh, they're all just gaggy up on her. They really are. And you kind of feel bad for her, except at the same time it's Steris, and so you kind of don't feel that bad for her. <laughs> yeah. It's like, don't be so uptight. How about? Yeah. This conversation violates Article 57, Section 3.8 of our marriage contract. Right. It's like, I really hope you read that whole thing. <laughs> so she's like, fine, I'm going to go to the washroom while you three compose yourselves. <laughs> and Lord Arms. Get, like, so, like, find a husband who's more like, who's the smiling obligator? Oh, uh... uh Carl? Uh, no, no, not Carl. Carl, was, Carl oh, was the Inquisitor. Good yeah. man, uh, good guy. Uh, no, not Goodman Menace. Um... Oh, oh crap. Shit, bother me now. Yeah, hold on, because I was gonna. <laughs> that was like it was like a T-shirt idea and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Norden. Norden. Yeah, good guy. And we and we would say good guy Norden. Oh, you're right, good guy Norman. When you said good, I thought you were going for Goodman, so yeah. I, I I jumped in there. Sorry. Yeah. It's all right. 
I forgive you. Um, but Lord Harms is like, kind of gets onto Marisai and Wax is like, no, that was my fault. I, I was the, I started it. I shouldn't have let it get out of hand. And Harms is like, yeah, well, I've been tempted to such links to myself a time or two. She's much at her, as her mother was. And gave, gives Wax a pitying look. And Wax is like, oh, I see. <laughs> it's like, oh, I see. Oh. And Lord Harms is like, that's our, this is our lot, son. To be the lord of a house requires certain sacrifices. <laughs> oh, man. I like that's what he thinks about his wife, who I, I don't know if she's dead or what. She's not here. And he says that much as her mother was. <laughs> so I assume she's dead. Yeah, Maybe she divorced so. him because he had two dalliances instead of three. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. yeah, or she was, or she ran off with the coachman. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But it's like, uh, so that he he's like, it's just interesting. To think about his is uh, assuming I'm assuming dearly departed wife. Like, yep, that was a sacrifice I had to make. Uh, and he's like, I'm gonna go get a drink with my buddy before Steris comes back and bullies me into not doing that. So I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> really selling it here, buddy. Yeah. Oh man, he's like you already bought the cow. I don't. Care. <laughs> yeah, it's like, she's your problem now. Ha ha ha. And uh, uh, the ma- cow was not an indictment on women. Sorry, that was probably in- inappropriate for me to say. It's just, it's it's a it's a the thing that is said, you know. Yeah, but it's not. It doesn't make it right. You're you're right. And I like Marisai. The first thing she's she wants to know is like, did you really shoot off a dog's tail when you were aiming for his balls? And uh, he's like, yeah, in my defense, the dog was attacking me uh, and it, the aggressiveness was not the dog's fault. It looked like it hadn't been fed in forever, but I was just trying to shoot it someplace non-lethal. And the thing with with the knife in the eye, I was I was not aiming any place. I was just hoping to hit him. <laughs> that seems reasonable. I feel like knowing what we do about his abilities, he should be very good with throwing knives. Maybe. I mean, I guess any piece of metal you would think may, he she should maybe he just practices with guns and he doesn't care for like other things. And so they they kind of a little talk about like his statistics bother her a little bit. Like I always thought that I was going someplace that, that needed me, and based on what you're saying, maybe this place needed me more. And she's like, well, I mean, before you got there, no, there wasn't anybody out in that area like upholding the law. So you really made a big difference. The city was better protected by the end, but it didn't start out that way. And he his thoughts it reveal some interesting stuff, in my opinion. So the city is the land of plenty that Harmony created to shelter mankind. Fruit trees grow in abundance. Cultivated land has water without needing irrigation. And the ground is always fertile and somehow never gets farmed out. So I don't know what what Says did when setting up this planet, apparently. But he really made this place nice for these people. Which was especially good probably when they were starting out and uh, no one had anything. So I wonder uh, why they why do they call it the roughs then? What's rough about them? No, the outside is the roughs. The inside, the the Ellendell Basin, I think. Oh, it's called. that's the nice okay. place. So he didn't make the whole planet that way. He just no. made that part. But why wouldn't you make the whole planet that way? That doesn't make any sense. Maybe you can't. I mean, I guess he created this whole section of lushness and and wonder, and he's just like, oh, I'm tired. I'll get to the yeah. rest tomorrow. Well, no, I was just yeah, thinking, the rest like, of this could be desert. I don't care. There must be some sort of like to to make ground that doesn't get farmed out of its like minerals and stuff. There must, unless you're magically adding more minerals, there must be some sort of like process that people aren't seeing that like kind of swaps that out, and so. 
if the whole planet was like that, that you can't swap everything out because it would rotate and there's nowhere you could rotate to basically if everywhere was super nice. So basically the Elendil basin is like the fertile crescent of the ancient world. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, sorry. Somewhere for the armadillos to live. (laughs) (laughs) The armadillo. Wayne comes back and he's like, oh, dear, did you so, grow so tired of waiting that you devours your companions? <laughs> and Wax sees Maris's eye grin and realizes that she's also figured out who this is. And he's like, uh, Miss Wax is like, if I may note something, my lady, you're far less unassuming than you were at our first meeting. And she goes, yeah, I'm not real good at being shy, am I? And he's like, I didn't know that was something that required practice. And then Wayne sits down at the table and takes out some bread and starts eating it. And he's like, <laughs> I, try, I try all the time, but nobody gives me credit for it. It's because I'm misunderstood, I tell you. And Maris is like, am I supposed to look aghast at what he's doing? And Wax's like, no, he saw that you recognized him, so now he's going to sulk. And he starts eating Steris's soup, which <laughs> I'm like, that's kind of messed up, but okay. I, Steris does not seem like the kind of person to me who would take that well. <laughs> she pulls out her little measuring tape and it's like, the surface of this soup is 0.2 <laughs> centimeters below where it should be. Who's been eating? Who oh, touched my soup? <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of when we were teenagers and my brother was like, you were in my room. This thing was moved an inch. Sure, that might happen. <laughs> I was like, I didn't go in there, man. But he was right most of the time. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> uh. And so they start pointing out all the ways in which Maristai has been trying a little too hard to act, uh, you know, shy and unassuming. So clearly it is an act. And uh, they're like, so why? And she's like, I'd rather not say. He says, you'd, <laughs> you'd rather not? Or Lord Harms and his daughter would rather not. And she's like, yeah, it's that one. But, I mean, please, can we just leave the topic alone? And Wayne's like, look at that. You pushed her almost to tears. And she's like, what? I'm not. And Wax's like, just ignore him. Trust me, he's like a rash. The more you scratch, the more irritating it gets. And Wayne puts up a speed bubble real quick to change clothes so that he's not a waiter eating at their table for some reason. (laughs) But then he's like in his like roughs clothes with his duster and his hat. And so I don't know how that's better at this party. Then again, there was like a beggar talking to the bride and groom when they came in. So maybe it's not that possible. And Marisai's like a speed bubble. I thought I'd be able to see something from the outside. And Wax is like, you if you knew what to look for, then and we're watching close, then you could see it. And he points out that uh, Wayne's hat is made so it can, like, fold up. But where where do you get the duster from? And Wayne's like, I hid it under your table. And Wax thinks, I really should have looked under the table before we sat down. Would that be too paranoid? I don't feel like I'm paranoid. I don't lay awake at night worrying I'm going to get shot. I just like to be careful. And uh, Marisai is looking bemused at Wayne. And Wax is like, well, we're not what you expected from the reports? And she goes, no, the accounts usually omitted matters of personality. And Wayne's like, wait, there's stories about us? And she goes, yes, many. And he goes, damn, do we get royalties for that or something? If we do, I want Wax's share, seeing as I did all the stuff they say he did. Plus, he's already rich and all. And she's like, these are new style reports. They don't pay royalties. <laughs> to which Wayne responds, filthy cheats. I wonder if any of the other fine ladies in this establishment have heard of my outrageously heroic and masculine exploits. Yeah. Oh, Wayne. And then he tries to hit on Marisai and Wax find like, Wayne, enough. And Wayne's like, okay, right. Uh, and Marissa's like, I wonder if I should be, like, writing down a description of you two for my professors and how unique it was to meet you. And Wax asks what she's studying, and she blushes. And Wayne's like, see, that's how you act shy. You're getting much better. Bravo. <laughs> and she's hesitant, and is kind of embarrassed, and 
It's like, it's just, all right, I'm studying criminal justice or legal justice and criminal behavioristics. Is that a word? I don't know. I've, I've wondered that myself. I haven't actually looked. I mean, it's just Brandon's <laughs> fakey way of saying she's studying criminal justice. Behavioristics is a word. A physicalist science of individual and social behavior. All right. Well, there you go. They didn't want to make it an Ojo. And both Wax and Wayne are confused. Like, why are you ashamed of this? And she goes, well, I mean, I've been told it's not very feminine. Besides, I'm sitting here with, like, two of the most famous law keepers in the whole world. And which, hey, that that is probably also news. They didn't even know people were reporting what they did. They're like, wait, we're famous. The most famous law keepers in the world. This is okay. And Wax is like, trust me, we don't know as much as you think. And Wayne says, now, if you were studying buffoonery and idiotic behavior, that is something we're experts on. Yeah, we know all about that, girl. And Wax says, that's two things. And Wayne says, I don't care. And Wax is like, okay, so what What? What are you here? Why are you here unless this is just your normal run-of-the-mill tormenting? And he's like, I told you. You didn't accidentally eat my note, did you? And Wax says, no, but it didn't say much. It's like it said enough. No, it didn't. It really didn't. And so he says, you told me to look at the hostages. And I found something. They're all relatives. And he says, it's only been 300 years since the originators, Wayne. We're all relatives. <laughs> Can you imagine that? It's just like, yeah, dude, like you're my like sixth cousin. We're all related. <laughs> and Wayne has a weird thing. Where he's like, I did some researching. Why do they call it research if you only do it one time? And Wax says, probably because you had to do it twice. That's a Mitch Hedberg joke lost. if I've ever heard one. Right. It's very Mitch Hedberg. But all all of the women can trace their lineage back to the Lord Mistborn himself. Who, if I'm you not guys... gonna lie, this Sorry. took me a minute, and I'm like, wait, what? Who? Vin? Wait, no. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that was where my that was how my yeah. my head played out. Yeah, that Lord Mistborn. I don't know if you guys saw the uh, the coins that I posted on Instagram, the ones that go are from this era. I liked them, but I didn't actually look at them. But one of them ha- features the Lord Mistborn looking out over, like, the lush Elendel Basin fields. Oh, is that what that was? And the other one the other one is, has Vin on it, but... A lush garden. A collection of Russian nesting dolls. But, uh, so, he's like, they all have a strong heritage of Alamancy, being related so closely to the Lord Mistborn. And they're all fairly closely related to each other, third or fourth cousins, sometimes first cousins. And while they're discussing this, Marisai's smiling, and he's like, what? I knew it. I knew you were in town to investigate the Banishers. You showed up only a month after the first robbery happened. You're going to catch them, aren't you? He's like, is that why you asked Lord Harms to bring you to these meetings? He's like, maybe. He's like, did, did you think that I faked the deaths in my family that made me House Lord? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're not thinking this through, lady. And she's like, no, but I mean, I was surprised that you would accept the title until I realized you probably saw it as a chance to investigate. I mean, maybe you have to admit, these are unusual robberies. Maybe she's like, uh, oh, maybe you didn't fake it. Maybe you murdered your uncle so you could come back and, <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Well, and his sister, because his sister died in the same accident. So, yeah, that's pretty hard. Oh, yeah. I keep, I keep forgetting about the sister. Uh, he's like, there are unusual yeah. robberies. And he's like, well, yeah, Wayne's unusual, too, but I'm not going to change my whole life just and accept responsibility for a whole house just to study him. Yeah, I mean, he really came back because he manslaughtered his wife and couldn't deal with it. Yeah, that's, yeah. I don't think anyone knows about that. Does even Wayne know what happens? Like, all he yeah. knows is that Leslie is dead. Does he know that uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. No, I think he knows because at the very end of the uh, at the very end near the end of the chapter, he's like, "I'm sorry about Lessie," like, or "It's not your fault." He says something like that. Okay. Yeah, we still we don't know that Wax told him everything, but it's definitely possible. Right. I mean, you you would even say it wasn't your fault if if you just thought like Wax failed to save her. So that's uh, true. He, he may not know exactly how much it is a little bit his fault. But Wayne's like, "Tell me you brought a gun." He's like, "No, I didn't bring a gun." Why do you care? He's like, don't you see they're robbing places where they can kidnap these wealthy upper class Ellendale types. And those type of people have stopped traveling on the railways because of these robberies. And Wax is like, yeah, I mean, I guess that's why they attacked the theater. And he's like, yeah. So what other place has all these wealthy people gathering together where they can also wear their where they also wear their finest jewelry so that you can rob them as a distraction? And Wax is like. Oh, shit. A wedding. And look, I got to say, like, if this is the point that Wayne was building to the whole time, he was incredibly blasé about the fact that, like, yeah, they're probably going to, like, hold us up at some point tonight. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to not he, get to that point. I think he relies too much on wax for stuff. <laughs> and I think this is, like, kind of an indication of that. He's like, well, I, I can't take these guys on by myself. I need you. So I'm going to kind of worm my way in here and be like yo we got to do something because if because you know if he says something too early then they would all just be like okay we need to evacuate the wedding we need to we need to go everybody needs to get out of here and so i don't think wayne wants that because he wants to catch these guys and he wants to fight them it seems like Mm, okay that actually makes a lot of sense i was i was gonna say like this is what you tell him in the message that you're secretly slipping him like (laughs) they're gonna hit the party like, Wax could take it from there. Why are you waiting so long? But yeah, you make a good point. So at the end of the chapter is the doors at both ends of the ballroom burst open, and that's shit's going down. And so they're coming in, rifles and pistols, and they don't... Uh, he's like, they're not dressed like I'm used to bandits dressing. They've got, like, bowler hats, and they're not wearing, like, duster coats and big rough-style hats. They're They're wearing vests and bowlers and... Loose button shirts that rolled up to their elbows. One of them screaming down with prohibition for some reason. <laughs> At least two dozen bandits, perhaps three, and more coming in through the kitchen. And Wayne's just like, fuck, hell of a time to leave your guns. And so he pulls out two hardwood dueling canes that he's hidden under the table. I like that dueling canes are still a thing. Like That was a thing in the Final Empire times, and they've just persisted. Sometimes you just can't get better than a big stick. <laughs> but Wax is like, no, no, stop. Like, he's counted 35 people now. And Wayne's like, what? He's like, we cannot start a fight in the middle of three or 400 innocent bystanders. We can't start a firefight in the middle of that many innocent people. Like, a lot of people would die, okay? And not all of them would be bandits. So far, none of these robberies have ever been violent. We're not going to make this one turn into a bloodbath because we can't hold back for five seconds, which is very reasonable. As far as I'm concerned, Wayne's like, I don't have to listen to you. You're not in charge of me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Marisai has pulled a tiny notebook out, a a little spiral notepad and is writing stuff down. And Wax is like, what are you doing? Writing down descriptions. Did you know that statistically only one out of two witnesses can accurately describe a criminal who assaulted them? And she's just rattling off some statistics, like 7 out of 10 will pick the wrong man in the lineup if a similar, more threatening man is presented. 
and mentions she's she got several other little factoids from her studies. And then she finally goes, oh, I'm babbling, aren't I? And Wayne's a little pissy. He's like, we don't need stuff like that. Seeing as how if we witness a crime, the guys doing it are usually dead by the end. And the dude's like, everybody remain calm. Sit down. Be quiet. And this is the guy who's got a a solid, though not tall, build, big bulging forearms and a mottled grayish complexion, along with a face as if his face were made of granite. Coloss blood, Waxillium thought, dangerous. That's gross. That's, that's <laughs> Big Hungry Bill. Yeah. We'll call him Big Hungry Bill. Can you guess why? Because I'm always hungry. There's one fun note in uh, in the uh, in the annotations about this chapter, other than the one I read about the Coloss blood. But originally, when this was going to be like a short story, this was basically the end. There wasn't like all this Vanishers stuff. It was it just was a simple story that ended with a big like fight. And in the original story he was writing, Wayne was the main character and Wayne was like a hat maker who rode into like a town out in the roughs on a talking horse. And it was like, <laughs> OK, uh, it, it says he was a screwball hat maker and like the horse was grumbling about having to carry him around and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Dude, you're a horse. What else do you do? So it was, he, he, th- he thought it was like a fun spin on the Western motif where instead of being like this quiet, reserved Western cliche gunman, he was like this crazy hat maker. And uh, but he realized like with, before he got very far into the story that Wayne doesn't work as a main character very well. He needed someone like for him to play off of. And so that's when he started reworking the whole thing. Mm. Couldn't just play off the talking horse. Had to be like a person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> Also, I mean, is he home. crazy because of mercury poisoning? Or is he like, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. That, that's and, been done, I feel like. Mad Hatter. And um, also, like, why can't the the horse be the main character? He's the, yeah. like, the, horse, <laughs> the horse be the straight man. Yeah. Like, I really thought there would be more horse than the horse and his boy. So, like, you know, when I read this, <laughs> I, I thought there'd be a lot more horse. <laughs> the horse is just like, let me do the negotiating. And Wade's just like, no, you're a goddamn horse. He's like, yeah. And actually, it turns out the horse can't actually talk. It's just because he's crazy. Yeah, he's just crazy. Exactly. Yeah. So the horse is just like, mm. and he's like, I, un-, he's like, no, I disagree. Wilbur. Wilbur. Uh, but anyway, so he's like, he, he wrote in here. It's like, so you may get the sense of like a climax here because this was originally like the. The big end. I, I, don't, this I, I don't think I'm going to experience a climax. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, OK, so but they the the robbers are also not wearing masks, which he's not used to until one of them shows up and he is wearing a mask. And he's like, huh. And uh, he also feels like there's something oddly familiar about that guy's voice. And the guy's like, OK, everybody, all your all, all we want is your jewelry. Nobody needs to get hurt. Your jewelry isn't worth your life. And Wayne's like, Wax, come on, dude. And Wax is like, no, no, we got to get out of this without anybody getting hurt. And then we can report to the constables. We can do this the right way. I'm not going to be the cause of these people dying. And then a guy starts yelling, how dare you? And a guy at a nearby table stands up. I will not stay quiet. I'm a constable of the eighth guard. And the mass bandit leader comes up. He's like, Lord Peterus or Pateras, I don't know. Retired chief of the 8th Constabulary. We'll be needing you to give up your weapon. How dare you commit a robbery here at a wedding celebration? Outrageous. You should be ashamed of yourself. 
What a weird. Like, yeah. Like, have you ever dealt with criminals before? Yeah. It's very like a demolition man cops where they're just like, we don't know how to deal with this. <laughs> it's like, I, I ask you to stop in the name of decency. It's like, uh, dude, we're criminals. And the guy's like ashamed to rob these after what you people have done to the roughs. This is payback. Wax is like, shut up, Petiris, don't provoke them. And then the guy's yelling, in the name of the law, I will see you hunted down and hanged for this. And the I guy's like, the law. be careful about warning people, you're going to see them executed. That gives them less reason to hold back. Rust and ruin, you people sicken me. And Wax is sitting here whispering, it's like, the bandits really are interested in the money. See, they're making everybody talk at each table to find jewelry hidden in mouths. I'm glad, I'm glad to get all this advice about how to effectively rob people. <laughs> yeah, open your really mouth. That much I want to see if you get... Yeah. Uh, open your mouth. I want to. Well, no, I mean they're just hiding their earrings and crap in their mouths. That's go. How they don't prick their tongue. Well, I mean, you know, if you got a super valuable piece of jewelry you don't want stolen, it's you, you're I, like, I'm, I'm gonna hide a ring in here to. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I grant it, but it's like, oh no, need to hide this from the robbers. Oh god, I'm <laughs> choking on my ring. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. well, if that happens, you just swallow it and you get the good old sifter out. You know, you'll, you'll get, you'll get it back. <laughs> And Maris like, well, Maris is like, of course they're interested in the money. That's it's a robbery. He's like, no, but it's the hostages. I thought the robberies were just a cover, but they're really interested in what they're stealing. So he takes her, he, he gets her to hand her his him her notebook, and uh, says, Wayne, bat on the wall. And Wayne slides over his dueling canes, and Wax pulls from his sleeve like a a metal rod. And puts it up against the canes and the the notebook and burns steel so he can push it up against the side of the table and kind of hide it under the tablecloth. I, I just like they have a code name for this exact scenario. It's like we I need to hide something on uh, up against something. Bat on the wall. And when the the guy gets to them, Wax is like, "No, please don't hurt us, sir." And he 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 does a very exaggerated like scared rich guy act where he pulls out his pocket watch and is so hasty that it's like he gets ripped off of the thing and starts pulling out his pockets after throwing his pocketbook in to show he didn't have anything. He pats down his own coat pockets to be like, no, see, I don't have anything. And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, good. That'll do. Very, stop, uh, stop being poor. <laughs> well, no, it's just wax very cleverly prevents the guy or shows the guy that there's no need to pat him down. You look, he's patting himself down. He's showing you that he doesn't have anything. So that, you know, yeah. if he happens to have which, a gun uh, on it, then you don't yeah, find it. Which comes into play later. Yep. And uh, he gets to Wayne. He's like, hey, what about you? And Wayne's like, do I look like I have anything of value, mate? I'm just here by mistake. I was in the was begging in the kitchen when I heard you blokes come in. You blokes come in. Whatever. And he, the guy wanders off swearing about them being too poor. Except before he leaves, he takes Wayne's hat and threw away his own hat which had aluminum in it, so uh, that's that might have been a bad idea, actually. Well, no, uh, no, he's he's he's, oh, still he's got, got a cap the, underneath. Yeah, yeah, okay. he's, he's still got the aluminium on his head. Yeah. And as, as he leaves, Wayne's like, "Wax, he that guy took my lucky hat." <laughs> and Marisol's like, "Why didn't you hide your pocketbook too?" And Wax goes, "Some of the bills in it are marked, so we, the constables can track them when they get spent." And she's like, "You marked? So you did know you were gonna get robbed?" What? No, I didn't. Of course not. And Wayne's like, yeah, yeah. Wax always carries some marked bills just in case. 
That that reminds me of uh, the there's a part in Forty Year Old Virgin where he does like magic tricks for his girlfriend's daughters and and the older daughter's like so that means you just carry like a fake ear and a giant coin with you wherever you go and he's like yeah like half the time <laughs> why not but Wayne notices one of the guys is doing a little something strange and he's like wax is that guy doing what I think he's doing the guy is comparing faces to drawings that he's holding in his hand so I guess they don't have photography necessarily they have drawings. So he's he's looking around, walking around, looking at every woman's face and comparing it to these pictures so they can find the right hostage. Then the bandit leader strolls by with another guy, and the other guy's like, I'm telling you, the boys are getting jumpy. You can't give them all this and never let them fire the bloody things. You got to let the boys loose sooner or later, boss. That's that's not good. Nah. And so uh, Wax is trying very hard to resist doing something here. And then... Finally, a group comes out of the ladies' room. A bandit finally went to look back there, and there's Steris getting let out. And the boss calls out, all right, grab a hostage. Who should we take? I don't care. Any of them will do. And Wax is sitting here thinking, uh, that's, they're making a show of this. They want us to think they're picking someone at random. And then he indicates Steris, and they grab her. And then the boss is like, actually, I think we'll take two this time. And the Coloss-blooded man comes back and grabs Marisai, and it's like, you're coming for for a ride with us, pretty. But unfortunately, Wax already handed her notebook back, thinking that the bandits were done with them, so she drops it here. And the bandit's like, here now, what's this? It's like, all it's got on it is words, Tarson. And the Coloss-blooded man, apparently Tarson, it's like, idiot, you can't read, can you? Just And then he reads it, and he's like, here now, that's a description of me, isn't it? I, I just wanted to remember your face from my journal, you see. He's like, uh-huh, yeah, all right. This is a level of intelligence I wasn't I wasn't expecting out of the Coloss guy. Right? He's one of the smarter bandits, really? All right. Yeah, he, he's one of the ones who can read. Yeah, he got crossed with the good guy Norton's line, so he's, like, really intelligent, but the really intelligent person was, like, from his, his ancestor was like, hmm, just for the sake of science, what would a Coloss hy- human hybrid be like? I, I gotta make that happen. We need to go out and we need to get a Coloss really, really drunk. Let's not pursue that line of thought any further. But now Wax is watching him get dragged away and Wayne's like, Wax, come on, we got to do something. And Wax is like, no, no, we can't. And Wayne says, Wax, look, mistakes happen. Leslie was not your fault. I'm going to do something. And Wax is like, no, it's not worth the cost of lives, Wayne. This isn't about me. It's and this is when Lord Patira stands back and he's like, how dare you, cowards? I will be your hostage if you require one. Your dogs, each and every one of you. I'll see you hang. Take me instead of one of those girls or it will happen. I swear it by the survivor himself. And Wax is like, there goes the only man in this room with any courage, him and Wayne. Especially because at this point, they've already kicked the shit out of him. And he's still just going back yep. for more. I'm just like, all right, you, you, know yep. what you, you know what you're about, mate. In the name of justice, you must stop this. And he screams coward, and that's when the masked bandit leader turns around and shoots him dead. And Wayne's like, oh, you just made a, mis- a bad mistake, mate, a very bad mistake. And the bandit leader says, fine, you have some fun, boys. Burn it out of your blood quickly and meet me outside. Ugh. And then time freezes. Wayne's put up a speed bubble and uh, starts looking around the room, figuring out where each and every bandit is. And says, as soon as I drop the bubble, this place is going to erupt like an ammunition store in a volcano. Wax. Odd phrase. Well, and, and Wax says, that's a terrible metaphor. Well, how would an ammunition store get in a volcano? And he's like, I don't know. Look, I make up the phrases. I don't know. I don't think about them logically. 
But uh, he Wax pulls out a gun from under his jacket beneath his arm and puts it on the table. It's like, I tried waiting. I gave him a chance to leave. I tried not to have to do this. And Wayne's like, you gave it a good show, Wax. Too good a show. Wax dumps a whole pouch of steel into his wine cup and downs it. He's like, okay, let's let's do this. And Wayne's like, you owe me a pint for lying, by the way. Lying? You said you hadn't brought a gun. I didn't bring a gun. He says as he pulls out another one from the small of his back. <laughs> I never go yeah, anywhere. Yeah, he's like, two wrong. guns. Yeah, he's like, two guns, bitch. <laughs> That's a uh, oh, Arkham that's a City guy. reference. Wax is Two Face now. I guess so. Or Wayne is. Actually, oh, no, Wax. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, it's Aaron Eckhart. He could be. He like you know maybe a bit younger, but yeah. Uh, I see Wax more of like a Colin Farrell type of bloke. There's a lot of a lot of fan casts that go on about this. People are always talking about because this is a very cinematic story, and people are just yeah. like always talking about who could play it. Uh, Henry Cavill actually is a popular. Okay. choice uh he's Ooh. already yeah i, I mean he's it. playing too many book characters as it is i mean come on he de- he deserves a chance to you know play someone properly because like there are some where he does really well in the role but the role's not written right i think the, the witcher one he's supposed to be pretty loyal to the yeah matter, everybody thinks he's really it. good at which well the first season is they I'm, said I'm that watched the second this, like, season, judge. yeah they said the second season's kind of gone off the rails and people didn't like it as much huh. at least the hardcore fan base doesn't but when 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 people say that he should play Wayne or Wax rather, I'm like, well, hold on, think about this. What if he played Wayne though? Like, what what if you didn't like <laughs> stick him in this kind of role that he's played like this more serious character a lot? What if you let him be the funny guy? Like, I think he could do it. Like, let him have some range. Yeah, sure. I think he could definitely do it. I I was picturing Charlie Cox as Wayne. Oh, uh, I can see that. Yeah, or even Charlie Cox's Wax. I think he could do that, too. I can see that, too, actually, yeah. That could who also do you, work, yeah. Uh, Data, who do you want to play Wax? Uh, I don't think that I have a good choice. I've seen a lot of other people's uh, votes, and I've never been able to be like, this is the person that I see. Yeah. I, I have that person for Wayne in my head where I'm like, Henry Cavill could play Wayne, right? But I uh, I kind of want – I would want, like, an older person to play Wax, like, maybe older than you'd think from the book, you know? Hmm. I think that might be a more interesting well, cause he's, way he's to go. He's got ten years on Wayne, doesn't he? Yeah, he's supposed to be quite a bit older. I don't know how much. I think they said he was ten. Like, yeah, he's got like a decade on yeah, Wayne. It, in the last chapters, it it said that he was like Wayne looks like is it like around thirty, and Wax mm-hmm. is like just over forty. Yeah, so I think you make Wax even a little older, maybe like early late forties, early fifties. I think that might be a little more interesting. Uh, another one that I've seen for Wax several times is uh, what's his name Harvey Dent. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what he said. Oh yeah, no, you said that. I'm sorry, I was my, my brain was somewhere else. Uh, I'm, I'm glad other people shared the opinion. Yeah, I think Aaron Eckert's a little too chiseled and handsome. I want him to look a little gruffer. I, yeah, I think that makes sense. This person that I, I just googled it, and this person says Aaron Driver for Wax. I don't, I don't see that actually. Adam Driver, you mean? Yeah, I'm sorry, Adam Driver. I don't know why. Nah, yeah, that's not. He didn't give a wax vibe to me. Listeners, write in. Who do you think should play wax in the film? I mean, if he was if he was a bit younger, Clive Owen could have done it. Yeah, that guy's underrated. He is good. Uh, maybe Lee Pace. Mm, oh, that's I, a I like one. Lee Pace. Yeah, I love pushing daisies though. Like I just. Huh. Yeah. I like this. I like this one. It says Keanu Reeves for wax and Alan Tudyk for Wayne. That would be good. <laughs> oh, oh! You have Olivia Wilde Asteris. That's an interesting choice. Eh, I don't, I don't, I don't see that. I, uh, 
you know, I could I could see it. Uh, I like it. I mean, I, this is going back in time, obviously, because he's deceased. But Heath Ledger for Wax and Alan Tudyk for Wayne, that'd be cool. It'd be like a Knight's Tale reborn, you know? Ah, uh, yeah. That could be that could be cool. Well, then you'd have to get the third guy in there somewhere. I don't even remember. Uh, that was that guy. Uh, I feel like wasn't quite Keith as Bobby Bate. Yeah, I don't think that guy hit quite as hard for me. Also, um, I mean, you could just have What's-His-Face, who played Vision instead, because he was Chaucer in the movie. Mm, That's true, yeah. Um, But yeah, no, the third guy was King Robert from Game of Thrones, and he was fantastic in that. Yeah, he was good. He was also um, in something else that was good. Matt Mercer as Wax. Okay, interesting. Matt Mercer. Andy Serkis as Wayne. Okay, that's kind of funny. Who's Matt Mercer again? Um, okay, he's in. He does voiceover stuff a lot. Let me think what he's Isn't done. Isn't he the Critical Role guy? Yeah, he is Critical Role. Oh, well then I think he'd have to be like it'd have to be animated. I don't know that I could. I mean, the guy is good looking and and you know he looks like he's fit, but I don't know that. I don't know that live action it would work. I'm trying to find something he's done that's more live action, other than obviously Critical Role, because yeah, but um. I don't know. Anyway, we've digressed quite a bit here. Ooh, Mark Shepard for Wayne. I do like Mark Shepard. Timothy Oliphant. He's a little old, but he's used to playing Western guys. Robin Williams would have made a fantastic Wayne. I mean, yeah, he would have been a little old for it, but I agree. He could totally uh, do that for the <laughs> Robin Williams. How's, how's, Rob, how's Robin Williams' Cockney accent? I don't probably know. Not, probably not good at all. No, I wouldn't think. Wait, hang, hang on. What, uh, what you never know. Cockney, he, Yorkshire, uh, Rummy. Robin Williams went to, like, Juilliard, so, you know. He he went he he got schooled in theater. Mm, okay. I, for some reason, I was thinking that he specifically didn't have an English accent in Hook because he couldn't do one very well because he was supposed to be from there. That's true. Yeah, he's supposed to be from England. Okay. Anyway, so this, back to the thing. He he asked Wayne how much Bendeloy he has, and he's like, "Not much. This stuff's damn expensive here in town. Got maybe enough for five minutes extra time." But my metal mines are pretty full, so that's good. And so uh, he's like, "I won't die." might but i won't <laughs> wax says i'll get the girls you keep the bandits on the south side off me 37 armed bad guys wayne this is going to be tough stay focused i'll clear some space as we start and you can catch a riot if you want and wayne responds perfect as preserves which i just like that phrase i don't know why that's that that is actually quite brilliant that's uh like brandon as an american writer showing a good understanding of british slang where they just shorten a word and like we, we, like we do it too like i'm sure the listeners have heard it a million times like we'll shorten a word and just dock the end off and put it and put an s on the end instead oh so you're saying that's like a shortening of like preservation yeah he's saying he's saying perfect is preservation but he's oh, but, you know because so he can't be asked saying, saying every syllable he's saying yeah perfect is preserves i uh, see i thought he was talking about like you know jam preserves yeah that's what i thought too I don't think it'd be capitalized if that were the case. Oh, that's a good point. It is capitalized. Oh, you're right. So yep. maybe it's got the double meaning, preservation and jam. Delicious jam. <laughs> yeah, delicious jam. Yep. Um, delicious jam. I like. So we end with him being like, you want to know why I really came to find you, Wax? I thought of you in a comfy bed, resting, relaxing, spending your life sipping tea and reading papers while people br- bring you food and maids rub your toes and stuff. And I just couldn't leave you to a fate like that. I'm too good a friend to let a mate of mine die in such a terrible situation. It's like comfortable? <laughs> no. Boring. And then he shivered. Boring. Wax cocks his pistols. 
Uh, and I like th- this thought that he's like, when I was young, I sought out the roughs and ended up going where I've been needed. Maybe that's what happened again. And then he levels his gun and yells, go. And that's the end of the chapter. Dun, dun, dun. Cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah. So B- listeners, we get to read it. He pushed and Sundance this. I get to read it immediately because we're going to record again tomorrow. Yeah. What if that was the ending? That would be very Butch and Sundance. <laughs> yeah. It's like they their car drives off a cliff. <laughs> Well, it's not, it's, it's not, uh, what, okay, what's that movie now? Uh, I don't know, the one with the women. Yeah. Um, Delma and Louise. Delma and Louise, thank you. I had it until I needed to say it, and then it just jumped out of my brain. All I could think of was Susan Sarandon. That's all, the only <laughs> thing that came to my mind. Uh, okay, so, predictions. So, in the next, in the next section, they won't have to fight after all, and everyone will just be cool and have a, talk it all out, right? So. Wait, what? Is that your prediction? No, I said that's going to be your prediction, right? There's not going to be a nah, fight after all. Nah, like nah. I'm sorry, are you calling in predictions? Yeah, I don't think that's uh, that's that's that's. I I call them predictions sometimes. It's fine. Uh, yeah, we don't got to sh- we don't got to uh, stick to the shtick. What do you guys think is going to happen? <laughs> um, I I think that they're going to have to fight. I think that the bandits are going to get away with the girls though, and they're going to have to chase after them. Or come up with a plan to try to find them and figure out what's going on. Um, I think uh, they're going to protect most everybody. Lord Harms, maybe he'll die in the firefight. I don't know. That'd be interesting. But, you know, something something basically is going to come of this where people realize, like, oh, we need a guy like Wax. Like, you know, this his, we may have looked down at him because of his lifestyle before, but, like, he saved us today and... This is these are the kind of people that need to be around, so um, or that we need to respect at least. So I think that's going to be what happens as far as how far we're going to get in the next part of the story. I'm not sure. Like I don't know if there's going to be like a bandit chase maybe where they have to chase after them because I think they are going to slip away with the girls. I think that's where this is heading. It's all going to have to, especially since uh, this book is shorter. It's going to have to come to a head sooner. So I think. Maybe they're going to slip away with the girls and get away, and, and they're going to have to go save them. So, yeah, I think that's that's mainly what I got. Okay. So I, a chase might be interesting. Do you think that they're in these newfangled horseless carriages, or do they got a bunch of, like, horses outside? Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be like that episode of Boba Fett where the Power Ranger uh, cars, and it's going to be like a super low-risk, low-speed chase that's not interesting at all. <laughs> um, no, no. I think, I think, uh, I, I think, yeah, they're going to have to, like, figure out the mis- – like, they're going to get away maybe before the chase can really begin. Like, maybe they're going to chase after them, and then all of a sudden they vanish. They're going to be like, what the heck? So then they're going to have to figure out kind of what – like, what is going on with these vanishers? Like, how are they actually doing this? How are they accomplishing this? You said Power Ranger cars, and I, I, the only thing I think of was, I'm picturing Boba Fett now, but, like, with the Zords. So it's, like, Tyrannosaurus sure. Rex and yeah. Pterodactyl. and Mastodon! I was, I was like, geez, that would have made that show different. Okay. Triceratops! Yeah. It's like Voltron. Power, they, they announced a new Power Rangers comic series where they're fighting Godzilla, so. Oh, that's cool. Kaiju. That's like their that's their yeah. speed. You know what's so funny to me, and this is a little bit of a digression here, but like when I was probably in college, like I watched the original Power Rangers run where they, you know, they brought it over and they redubbed it in film seams or whatever. Um, I watched the original Power Rangers run when I was a kid, and then when I was in college, they reran the same original Power Rangers uh, show yep. and yep. said it was new. And I was like, that's not new. It's 
like ancient. It's well, like it 30 real, years old. Yeah, they got it. Got actually got real popular, and then they brought. That's why they brought like the, the Tommy actor back for like a new series because yeah. they were rerunning the original, and people were like, "Oh, hey, now I know these guys again." Yep. Yep. So yeah. So that's not surprising. Power Rangers kind of made a, a resurgence in the last like six or seven years. So. Go go Power Rangers. Go go watch the movie with Ivan Ooze. Oh, what a movie that is. <laughs> That's okay, like Dad. one of the first movies I remember watching in theaters. And even as a kid, I was like, this is weird. It's so weird. What do you think is <laughs> going to happen, Dak? Um, well, no Power Rangers. That's for damn sure. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think this is going to turn into a chase scene. They're going to like, and I think uh, my my gut for the for the usual stuff that happens in this kind of in this sort of story is there'll be a chase scene. The bandits will get away, but some of them will get captured, or they'll or there'll be some clue left behind. The constables will be useless, and so like Wayne will talk wax into like, all right, we've got to go hunt them down. That's that's where it's going to start. But from there, I don't know. I think yeah, it might it might be these two are gonna have to start infiltrating the the criminal underworld of the city, and we'll see how see where that takes them. Because I feel like with the amount of emphasis on religion so far and the mention of um, sliverism, I'm just like, eh, there's gonna be a religious bent to these criminals. I'm sure. Mm, okay. I feel like it's 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 gonna be something to do with it. I don't know. The fact that they're only picking Al- like Alamance are women is also confusing me. I was like, why is that? I wonder. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Is, is that that is a mystery now? Uh, okay. One more thing I want you guys to predict. I, I will tell you that after <clears throat> however much fighting happens uh, in this next section is over, we're gonna get a body count. I want you guys to predict what kind of body count. We'll see who makes it closest. So remember, we have I think he said thirty-seven bandits. We have three or four hundred innocent bystanders. Uh, Wax and Wayne. So wait a minute. You want us to count how many they will kill, like regular, like the bandits, and then also how many of the regular people will die? No, I just mean how many people are going to die. I was just going back over the numbers of people that are there, so that you had a. a but base in to our from. in our count, you want to know how many like innocents are going to be killed. No, I, would, I just meant like body count in general, like how many people are going to die. You can split it up if you want and be like, I think this many innocents will die and yeah, this many bandits. That's, that's the clarification I'm asking for, and then you keep saying no. So well, no, you, I'm sorry. That is not you what You want to know the total for. people of dead people. Yeah. I feel like we're going to have – because I am going to split it because like, that's just how I think. I think it's going to be a dozen of the bandits are going to be dead. Let's, let's say roughly a dozen, and let's call it maybe 40 or 50 of the party goers will be killed in the in the, in the the rush. Mm, okay. Okay. I think it, let's go. It, I think it's gonna be thirty-five bandits, and it's gonna be five innocent people. So Joe has almost no bandits managed to survive this, but they managed to keep the innocents relatively safe. And Dak thinks uh, a decent number of bandits will die, but also a decent number of innocent people. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm, so you reckon like all but two of the bandits are going to survive like so i'm guessing you mean the mask leader and big hungry bill yeah that may be a little too far i'm gonna scale that back to uh 30 bandits because they still got to operate their stuff to get away also i don't know 30 bandits are gonna die 
Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I was gonna say I'm not sure if the 37 actually includes the leader and the other guy, but I, I, I'm pretty sure it must from the 37 way in a row. <laughs> okay, so for next time. Classic. Trying to suck any dick on your way through the parking lot. Oh gosh. For next hey, time. Hey, you get back here. <laughs> hey, get back here. We are reading chapter six and chapter seven. Two more chapters for next time, and that will be after that we're gonna do three chapters for a couple weeks. So. So yeah, two more chapters for next time. If anyone would like to send us an email, the address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and places like that. Music by Miracle of Sound. We're going to read, I think, so we're now at 30, yeah, it's 30% at the end of that chapter. And then it'll be 40% at the end of the next one. So yeah, another 10% for next time. Just uh, We're getting through this book very rapidly. Well, it's just because it's like half the length of the rest. Yep. Yeah. That'd be why. <laughs> pages is this? Yeah, I'm using the Kindle, which just goes by location, so I don't know how many pages. But... It's like 300 pages, I think. Oh, yeah, roughly. pretty short. Like, yeah, skipping through, and it's like, all right, look at the page numbers, but none of the text above it. So uh, I yeah. got a rough approximation there. I was flipping and just watching the numbers go up. Going by locations, Wall of Ascension had 12,800 locations, and this book has... 5,000 locations. So, yeah, that's like less than half of Well of Ascension. Yeah, well, I've got uh, Hero of Ages is like 700 pages. So, yep. So, yep. Fun, fun. Two chapters for next time, everyone. Thank you for listening. Wasing to the time of next. Cool. When we lose everything that defines us, can we hold to the promise that binds us and carry on into tomorrow's sorrow? When we're facing the ghosts of our destinies, will we turn or remain in the memories and choose to lead or choose to follow Ooh, Navy Seals.